Welcome to another episode. My name's Jose Naharo, and this is an introduction series. This is episode two, and today we are going to learn about ETFs. So let's get started. So in the last class, we talked about how to be a passive investor. In that class, I, I laid out everything I need to make my money work for me in no time. It was the easiest way to invest in the stock market and we got to see the returns that I would get if I was to become a passive investor. In this class is if I have a little bit extra time to invest, I learned, I learned a little bit more of how to become a bit more active in my investments. And like I said, ETFs are gonna be the main point of this topic today. So first, let's introduce ETFs. ETF is meant for an exchange traded fund. And it's just a basket of securities you buy or sell like stocks. ETFs, so right, ETFs is, is, is pretty much like we talked about last time. It's a, a basket of securities. So when you buy an ETF, you're buying a whole basket of securities depending on what kind of ETFs they are. Like we're gonna see in a bit, there's ETFs for different types of markets. So you just buy, instead of buying one individual company or one individual asset, you're buying a huge buyer, a, a basket of, of, of assets, right? So it's a good way to diversify yourself. One thing that ETFs have different to them, and this is the only, this is the main important difference between buying an ETF and just buying an individual company stock, ETFs have a cost to them, right? ETFs are usually managed by some firm or some funds, and it takes time for them to do that, so they have some cost to them. This cost is called the expense ratio. So if you look, if you're, if we're gonna see how to find ETFs, but when you find ETFs, you're gonna see this thing on the bottom. It's gonna say expense ratio. And then it gives you some percentage. And then that percentage is what the actual cost of for every dollar, for every $1,000, that's how much it will cost, 0.13% of your total investment. So expense ratio. Expense ratio is, at that 0.13% seems pretty small, but expense ratio can add up really quickly. And this is something um, that I might do a video on next because your 401ks, my 401ks, 401ks, if you, if you do all these individual funds, these funds have some form of expense ratio to them. And expense ratios, like I said, can add up. If you, if you, if I remember looking at my 401k, some of the funds in there had a 1% expense ratio. And you would think, hey, 1% is not enough because expense ratio times $1,000 equals your cost times the amount of invested dollars will give you a cost, right? So let's say I had an expense ratio of 1%, which some people would say, hey, that's a pretty low number. Um, for every $1,000 you had invested, that 1% expense ratio will cost you $10 a year. And you can say, hey, $10 a year is not a lot, but remember how we saw compound interest adds up in the last episode? Expense ratio adds up differently. It adds up the same way, right? So here in this chart to my right that I kind that I got from mindfullyinvesting.com, I picked up this graph, and it's the perfect way to show how expense ratio works, right? So these um, are three 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 costs, three expense ratios, right? We have one at one point three one percent where we said, hey, one percent is not bad, right? Then we have one at point six percent, and then we have one at point zero four percent. So 0.04% is pretty much uh, is is pretty much nothing. So let's see at the end of so here, the there was just one initial investments of ten thousand dollars. So let's say you put ten thousand dollars into some form of ETF or some fund that had an expense ratio. 
and you never put money again. In 30 years, if you had the, the expense ratio that was charging you a little bit over 1%, 1.31%, your money at the end of 30 years was $100,000, almost $100,000. If you put uh, the money instead in an expense ratio fund that was less than 0.04%, your money actually went up to $100,000 and over, over $145,000. So just by that 1% increase, you lost out on $45,000. That is some ridiculous numbers. And this is why I control my 401k. I'm going to do another video on my 401k. Because that 1%, especially if you're adding on every year, every year, every every paycheck to your 401k, um, that's going to that's gonna hurt you in the long run if you're invested in a company that has a high expense ratio but like i said that's for another video but this expense ratio is something also found in etfs so now that we know about et um expense ratios let's continue talking about etfs as a whole so if you remember if you watched the last video um if you didn't i definitely recommend go go watch go, out, go watch the previous episode in the last video we talked about the s p 500 index we mentioned how this s p 500 index is the 500 biggest companies in the United States. And this is the best way to join the market because it's diversified because it has 500 different companies. Unfortunately, one cannot buy the S&P 500 index itself. You would have to buy an ETF that tracks the S&P 500. And that ETF, one of the biggest one is called SPY. And that's the one I talked about it last time. And SPY and the S&P 500 is, even though the S&P 500, it's an index, it's, it's almost the perfect example to use to show an ETF. Remember, we said an ETF is a basket of, of funds, a basket of, of securities. And that's exactly what the SPY, which tracks the S&P 500 is. Um, the S&P 500, right, I said, has 500 of the world's largest, of the United States' largest companies, and they're all in different sectors. We're going to see that there's 11 sectors in the business. So, right, the S&P 500, 21% of 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 the of the sec of the 21% of it is technology companies. 14% of it is healthcare companies. 13% is financial, and so on and so forth. So you can see, right, this is diversified not only by sectors but within within companies, right? So this company has five. The, the S&P 500 has 500 best companies and those 500 of the best companies are diversified within the 11 market sectors of, of, of the finance world, right? So like I said, we're gonna talk more about those 11 sectors, but now we know how the S&P, this is the perfect example of like what an ETF is. So let's say you want to uh, become a little bit more of an active investor and you believe that maybe one sector will do better than the other right maybe you believe that 2020 will be the year of, of banks or financials so what if you wanted to just invest in in one specific sector instead of the overall instead of the overall market and that's what we can do with ETS. so let's learn about sectors right so like i mentioned right the market is broken down in sectors and if you guys don't understand sectors Maybe we can understand categories. Categories would be a different, another word to, to, to mention it, right? So we have, there are thousands of companies in the stock market, but each of them are placed in one of the 11 main sectors. Right now, I'm just going to name the sectors, but we're actually going to take a look at this website, etfdb.com, 
which tells us about the sectors of the stock market. So right now we have financials, utility, consumer discretionary, consumer staples, energy, healthcare, industrials, technology, telecommunication, materials, and real estate. So just by the names of the loan, maybe you guys can think of some companies that might fall into these sectors. So we'll check them out in a bit, but just one more slide before then. Um, just certain things to know about the sectors. We're gonna see certain sectors are better than others depending on the current state of the market. Let's say uh, the interest rates are pretty high. Let's say interest rates are pretty high. If interest rates are pretty high, usually you're gonna see financials, which are banks, do really good. If, if interest rates are pretty low, you're most likely gonna see companies like real estate doing pretty good because right, people are taking out loans at a very low, low value and, and, and increasing their assets. So depending on how the market is doing, determines on which market might be doing better than the other. One thing to also note is most of the times company in the same sector move similarly. And it makes sense, right? Let's take a look at an example. We have, let's say the, the restaurant business, fast food, let's, have, let's say fast food restaurant business. Um, we have, let's say McDonald's, Chipotle, we have uh, Burger King, all these companies. If a, if a study comes out that people are spending more money in fast food restaurants than they are in the grocery stores, we would expect all the fast food restaurants to go up to go up at the same time, right? We're going to expect Chipotle going up. We're going to expect Panera Bread going up. We're going to expect McDonald's to go up because the whole sector as a whole um, goes up. Company-specific news might affect a company a bit more. So let's say... Let's say there's another Chipotle scare, right? Remember in, in a few years ago, there was a Chipotle scare with all the food. If there's another something like that where the food is making you sick, obviously, since that's company specific, it's only gonna, it's only gonna affect Chipotle. It's not gonna affect the overall market. Um, unless it's like the beef, in, the beef that Chipotle uses is the same that the beef McDonald's uses. Um, then overall, then that would move the whole market. But if it's a company-specific news, that usually moves uh, uh, moves that specific company alone and doesn't really interact with the overall sector. But just to understand, right, companies in the same sector tend to move similarly if there's no 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 specific company news, and that's just good to know, right? So let's go to this website ETFDB and let's check out what um, what each sector does. The first sector we're gonna talk about is financials. So financials, like anyone knows, right? Um, just by the name, you can tell this this sector consists of banks, funds, insurance, insurance companies, real estate firms, um, and they majorly um, generate their revenue by mortgages and loans, and they gain value as interest rates rise, right? Like I said, finance, uh, the overall determination of the market can determine how good one of the sectors is gonna do. So finance is pretty much, they make their money if interest rates are high because they usually have mortgages and loans. And if you want to invest in some of the ETFs, this company, this website here gives you some of the popular financial ETFs. So here they have XLF, which is the financial sector, or you can buy DFH, which is Vanguard's financial. You can buy Spider and S&P Bank, which is KBE. So right here you can see, um, you can find, you can even Google, right, financial ETFs, uh, financial sector ETFs, and it'll give you a list of all the financial sectors. Remember, the most important thing to find out is that expense ratio to understand if, uh, it, how much the company is really charging you. 
or, or how much the fund is really charging you. Most of these funds, like we're going to see, uh, let's actually take a look here. Let's take a look at XLF and let's take a look at VHF, VFH. Um, just for, so here we're taking a look at XLF and XLF has an expense ratio of 0.13%. That's actually pretty low, right? 0.13% is not a bad number. But let's take a look at VFH. VFH has a similar expense ratio of 0.1%. For me, at the, for beginners level, I always enjoy using Vanguard. Vanguard usually has very low expense ratio, so if it's a Vanguard fund, it's definitely good. And look, volume is not that bad. Volume at 220,000, that's, that's, that's very good numbers. I definitely like to see volume to be higher than 200,000 um, because right, if, if you saw the last video, we talked about if a company has low volume, it's going to be very hard to trade in and trade out. XLF, right? XLF has a lot more volume going in and out. So you'll, you'll have no problem buying into this stock and selling out of this stock. And with 0.13%, it's actually not bad. Even though 0.10% is cheaper, 0.13% is not bad either. And we're going to see, right, that in those digits, that, that little bit of number doesn't really add up. But even let's check out, let's, let's say we want to take a look at financial sectors. We would go financial sector ETFs, all right? And we can do this and here we can go to this website, again, ETFDB, and they'll give us all the financial sectors, uh, ETFs, and he'll give you like average volume. I said, I prefer one with higher average volume because it's easier to, to move in. And the one is XLF. And it's the one we were looking at and it tells you right and if you look at this website another good thing is if you go down it tells you all the companies it's holding it's holding JP Morgan Bank of America Wells Fargo Citigroup US Bank Corp American Express Goldman Sachs right so you can see right we saw this was a financial sector ETF so it's all the companies in here are gonna be based on the financials so instead if someone wants to hey I'm investing in the overall market but I do believe that, hey, maybe maybe the financial sector is going to do a little better now. I'm going to start putting also a little bit of money on just a sector-specific fund. At the end of the day, right, you're still diversified because, look, you have over 67 companies here. So you don't have to worry about a company going bankrupt and then you losing all your money. But remember what I did mention, right, that sectors move as a whole. So if Bank of America, let's even take a look right now, Bank of America. Let's take Bank of America stock and let's take a look at JP Morgan stock. So I, I know I know my company's ticker because I've been doing this for so so much. But look, in just today, Bank of America moved up 0.94%. And look, if we take a look at JP Morgan, the percentage is a little bit off, but not by much. JP Morgan grew up 0.71%. But if we take a look at the movement, they're both moving around the same. So most of the time, if you buy one company, it's going to move like the other company. Let's take a look at one year. Are they going to look pretty much the same? Yeah, look at them. They look pretty much the same. It, they're obviously, right, the companies sometimes have some specific reasons why they move differently. But overall, the chart looks the same, right? They're gonna, we're going to see one, two dips in October 9th and another one in over August 21. I'm guessing this is October 9th right here. Yep. And then about August right here. So right there, they're doing pretty much. And let's say year to date, JP Morgan has gone up 41% year to date from January 2nd to January 2nd, 41%. Let's take a look at Bank of America. Hey, 42%, it's gone up 42%.
So like I, I mentioned, right? Um, sectors usually move up in similar results. I'm pretty sure if we take a look at Goldman Sachs, which is GS, we're gonna see similar things, right? We see that big change is how is JP Morgan on this past day, right? Same as Bank of America. And if we take a look at the one year, 36%, right? So this one was a little bit less than, than it's, than it's other peers, but all, at the end of the day, it's still a, it's still very similar at the same time, right? So right, I, I, I'm happy I did that, right? That was actually a perfect example of how we saw the expense ratio, and then we also saw how companies in the same sector end up moving similarly. The next sector is utilities. So this is just like if you own a home, or if you're renting anywhere, you're paying for your electric, you're paying for your gas, you're paying for your gas. And in general, so that's these companies. In general, this sector generates a consistent income, a consistent income by charging its consumers, right? So when you invest in utility companies, you're not in investing in that this company is going to be the next future or something, right? In this company, this is a company that's stable and just collects money every month, every month from its customers. Nothing is going to really change from here. What these companies do, companies that usually don't have, they don't have much to give gift for the future like they're not gonna make some new invention the money they collect they end up giving back to their to their shareholders so companies like this usually pay high dividends and high dividends we'll talk about dividends in some other time but dividends is just like a paycheck you get a paycheck you get for owning that company they're like hey we collected one million dollars in revenue we don't we can't use this for anything so we're just going to give it back to our shareholders in the form of dividends and here are some of the most popular ETFs. And like I mentioned, remember these, um, always check the expense ratio and always check the, uh, the volume. Next, we're gonna take a look at consumer discretionary. So these are sectors consist of retailer stores, media company, consumer service providers, apparel companies, and consumer durables. These companies benefit from an improving economy when consumer spending accelerates, right? So like I mentioned, these are companies where Netflix where it's it's something that's good when everybody's making money because they don't care how much Netflix is you can afford Netflix or you can go buy some good apparel so usually when the market is doing well you're gonna see companies like maybe American Ego, Coach, Gucci, all these companies a lot more people have money coming in so they're gonna spend more money um, so when a better when the economy is growing companies like this do well Disney right people go to Disney Park more often when the consumer when the economy is doing good next we have consumer staples so consumer staples is the opposite this is things that the consumer needs food beverage companies things that people are unwilling to cut from their budgets so right there's kellogg's here right kellogg's um general mills which has all the cereals all, almost all the cereals all these breakfast food those are companies that are good even in the downturn economy so uh these are in general these companies are defensive and they're capable of withstanding an economic downturn so coca-cola is one of them even though you might not drink coca-cola coca-cola has different beverages besides coca-cola that you might not know right i think they might have like some they have some healthy drinks uh, maybe gatorade i know they have plenty of drinks so so even though coca-cola the soda itself might not be what everybody drinks but they have plenty of drinks for every type of person um in there so again and here you can have you can see right if you follow the link to to and the thing you'll be able to show here and and see all the consumer staples etfs and like we checked right we can even google that if you want 
Next, there's the energy sector. So here in the energy sector, you have your oil and your gas companies. So here you might have BP, you might have Exxon, you might have, what's another, what's another gas company? So all the gas companies, Exxon, Shell, all the companies are, are, that are oil, natural gas, crude oil, anything that has to do with energy would be here. Next, we have healthcare. Um, healthcare, just like it is, is these are biotech companies, hospital companies, medical device companies, medical device manufacturers. In general, the sector is considered to be a growth opportunity and a defensive play since people will always require medical aid. Right, so here, um, let's take a look at what companies are here. United Group Inc., I think United Health Group, I'm pretty sure that's a, that's a form of insurance company. These, kind, these types of companies, even during a bad economy, people still need to go to the doctors. But then there's also health companies that are trying to invent the new cure for, for some form of disease. And those companies are usually startup and people appreciate those companies because they have the potential to grow. So healthcare companies are usually, like they said, they're usually both good for growth opportunity and for defensive play, depending on which company you purchase. Industrial. Industrial consists of aerospace, defense, machinery, construction, fabrication of manufacturing goods. And this is usually good during a, a very strong economy as well. So here you have your Boeing. You have, um, you have your Caterpillar, you know, the, that company that has all the construction equipment. Let's take a look what other companies are here. Yeah, here you have your Boeing, Honeywell, United um, Corporation, 3Ms, General Electric, Lockheed Martin, United States Postal Service, Caterpillar. So here you see a lot of the companies, um, a lot of the companies that actually run the economy of, of the world because this is where most of the jobs are in. Technology sector consists of electronics manufacturers, software developers, and information technology firms. So here you might see your Microsoft, you're going to see your Apple, you're going to see um, Facebook, I'm pretty sure you might find here. So let's take a look what other companies are in here. SLK, um, you have your Apple, your Microsoft, Visa, MasterCard, Intel Corporation, Cisco, Adobe, NVIDIA, Texas Instruments, Oracle. So you have some of the big tech players in there. And here, one thing I didn't tell, talk about is even though all these companies are inside of here, um, Right now, I'm only seeing, I think, the top 10 holdings. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So these are the top 15 holdings of the comp of, of XLV, which was the healthcare. 10% of it is Johnson & Johnson. 7.3% 7 of it is United Health Group. And they have a total of 62 companies. So those companies are broken down into different percentage of, of this ETF, right? So... So they believe that Johnson & Johnson will do a lot better than all the other companies. So maybe that's why this company has more invested in Johnson & Johnson. Um, then we have the telecommunications. So here um, you have your Verizon, you have your Sprint, you have your AT&T, you have your uh, Comcast, I would say. You oh, you have your uh, Facebook is actually in here. Um, Alphabet, AT&T, Verizon, Comcast. Um, they have some Activision. EA games. So let's take a look at what um, telecom is. So telecom sector consists of wireless providers, cable companies, internet service providers, and satellite company, among others. In general, these companies generate again revenue, recurring revenue from consumers. But some subsets of the industry are changing, are, are facing rapid change. 
Next we have materials. So in materials, this is where you have like your gold, your silver. If you want, if you believe that gold and silver are going to do a lot better, you have companies that are, are mining this type of raw materials. Um, and the last one is real estate companies. So real estate companies, a lot of these are called REITs. Um, and these are one of my favorites for uh, if you want to get invested into the real estate but don't have enough money to buy rental properties. These types of companies usually provide a high level of, of dividends. And like I said, dividends is you just put up a form of, of payments and you get a percentage every month, every quarter of money for here. Um, so these are the real estates here. And this sector is very sensitive to, to, towards interest rate changes. So remember how I mentioned that different sectors do better in different type of economy. So yeah, those are the 11 types of sectors. And now we know, right? Now, now we know how to find, if we want to invest in a specific sector, we know how to find that company, right? We can just go to Google and put like financial sector ETF and we'll see a list of sectors. And now we know that the thing we need to take a look at is that expense ratio. The expense ratio can definitely determine how much money is costing you. And in the long term, that money can cost a lot. So take a look at the expense ratio. Take a look at the volume as well, right? The volume is also important because you want to be able to come in out of the come in and out of the stock whenever you want. So, like I said, I usually look for companies with over two hundred thousand of volume because that means this company is it's pretty easy to come in and out. So we saw the eleven sectors of of the of the market, but those are not the other sectors, right? You can actually find ETFs based on different things. You can find ETS based on countries, right? Most of the S&P 500 is the top 500 United States companies. But you can even go, if you believe maybe once one, one country is going to do better than the other, let's say there, there's an ETF for Brazil, Brazil ETF. There's a Mexican uh, a ETF for Mexico. There's an ETF for um, China, Russia, uh, uh, all, all the countries, right? We can uh, Let's take a look at, at some of them, right? Let's take a look. Let's go back to Google and let's put Brazil ETF. So Brazil's ETF I know is EWC. Um, so even here in ETFDB, this is a great website. It'll give you um, EWC. So here EWC, it has an expense ratio of 0.6%. But I, I think this is actually okay when it comes to, um, I personally would do uh, international ETF opposed to companies because you're you're diversifying in here 56 companies and it gives you those 56 companies it's investing it tells you how the market is in 28% of financials 13% in basic materials and it breaks it down for you you can find even india like if you want if you believe maybe india might be doing better um, india ets so you can find ets for for anything there's also, like I said, commodity, right? If you believe maybe agriculture is going to be good, if you believe the farming world is going to be good, you can find agriculture ETFs. You can try to find ETFs for anything. But remember, it's always important to check the volume and the expense ratio. You can even find ETFs of size of companies. There's, like I said, the S&P 500 is the 500 largest company in the United States. But maybe you just want the 100 biggest companies in the world. There's big cap companies, ETFs. There's small cap companies, ETF. There's mid-sized cap companies, ETF. So you can find ETFs for any type of a sector if you believe that sector is going to be good. And usually, right, if, if you work in one specific sector, you can kind of see, hey, more customers are coming into this, more blah, blah, blah. So maybe 
you can try to that um i would like for me if i see the electronic sector that is doing good if i'm reading a lot of news about electric companies doing good i might take a look at that technology sector etf a little more than the overall market but remember what i said right the good thing as about investing in the overall market is you are invested in all these companies you're invested in all the sectors so even if one sector is doing bad another sector is doing good so your your chances of doing good are pretty high but if you invest in just one specific sector if at the end of the day that sector does bad then um there's nothing else that's going to help you um that's going to help you in the long term right because you're invested just in one sector even though you're diversified by companies you're not diversified by sectors um so now let's let's talk about about the s p 500 right in the last episode i mentioned the etf spy the etf spy is just a etf that mimics the s p 500. um since we didn't know much about expense ratios we didn't know if that would be the best way to go about it um so let's start with an investment just one investment of a ten thousand dollars at year one and you never put any money again and you just wait 30 years we're going to first talk about spy so spy has an expense ratio of 0.09 percent at the end of 30 years that investment will be 169 point eight uh, 169 169 and 800 um, but the SPY is the easiest to talk about for beginners. But now that we know, we can talk about different ones. So next, we're going to talk about the Vanguard S&P 500 ETF. So that's VOO. The expense ratio of this one is a little bit cheaper than that for SPY. The expense ratio here is 0.03%. But does it really make a difference? The investment here from um, in the 30 years will become and almost $173,000. So in the long term, you end up losing $3,000, which is, is not that bad of, um, it's not that bad, right? This, it's not that huge, huge difference on like that $45,000 she lost by, by an expense ratio of 1.3%. Of so both SPY and VOO are, are great. They're both low expense ratios. If you want to make every bit of penny you want, then VOO is better than SPY. But SPY is not it's not that bad either. Um, and you can even go and Google many more S&P 500 ETFs, and some might actually be lower than this. Um, but at the end of the day, from 0 0.03, any much lower, you're not gaining any any more any more to be spending. Um, I personally don't think you would be gaining any more from from spending um, time learning about other ones. Um, but if you if you want to make every money you want every single uh, penny then definitely go out there and try to check for more S&P 500 index funds. So that's it. That's the end of the video. Um, like I mentioned, the ex I think for my next video, I want to do an expense ratio on your 401k because as you saw, a 1% expense ratio um, can, can take a lot of money from you. And in your 401ks, if you take a look at your 401ks, some of the funds out there are charging over 1% ratio and you're losing a lot of money um, by that so it's just good to, to be um, to understand what's going on in your 401k so i think that might be the best video for me to go um, for next next week on on next thursday so enjoy i hope you guys are liking this introduction videos remember to check out episode one if you guys haven't it was a great introduction teaches you how to invest in less than 30 minutes um 
you'll, you'll be able to, to get money into the market and you should see why it's important to have um, money in the market, the type of gains you can get. So take care, guys. Have a good night. Make sure to share this. Post on the comments if you guys have any questions. Take care and have a good night. Bye.